Passover, 2018, Eat of the Passover Lamb, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. We have spoken many times in past blasts about the Feast of God and how they are not to be just celebrated, but experienced in our lives as well. God's knowledge, His Word, the Lamb, is served at each of His feasts, and if obeyed, would start man on the road to restoration. This road is called the Highway to Holiness. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8 speaks of this highway. A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the Highway of Holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. The unrighteous cannot go there. But it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. The feasts of God are served in what we might imagine as spiritual restaurants found along the King's Highway. Restoration is a part of the menu at the Feast of Passover, starting with salvation as the first course. You see, God knew Adam and Eve would fall into the hands of the enemy before he created them. Although created perfect in every detail, he gave them a free will to choose the one they wanted to follow. It was never Father's desire for his children to experience any wicked or evil thing. He warned them to not touch or taste the knowledge of Satan, knowing it would bring sin and death into their lives. They made the wrong choice. Now they became perishable, no longer immortal. They passed over from eternity to time, life to death, from the image of God to reflecting the nature of Satan. In the sixth chapter of Genesis, we see a further aftermath of their association with the anointed cherub, Satan. Man passed over from being a unique species after his own kind to an altered race, half-angel, half-man, from a creature of love to one that lusted after the flesh and preferred the things Satan instigated rather than God's creation. Taught by angels, they began to think like them and act like them. In fact, they were in many ways uncaring, even cruel, concerning God's creation and interested only in them for their personal use. They preferred the things made with their own hands. Man began to lay up treasures for himself. Pride of life entered to satisfy lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. These traits are a large part of society today. As time went on, Satan's plans were fulfilled, God's name profaned, and his will ignored. Out of order, programmed with the wrong knowledge, they also both abandoned and violated God's spiritual laws. What mayhem, chaos, and turmoil this has caused! The earth and all on it passed over from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of darkness.
The works of the flesh replaced the fruit of the Spirit. Man's soul was now motivated through the urging of their flesh connected to the world. They passed over from spirit beings with submissive souls and perfect bodies that adapted them to life on earth to a half-breed, soulish race, making Satan their creator and God. Money, power, and sex became their goal, and to accumulate it made them personally influential and powerful. Out of order with the rest of the universe, however, lawless humanity stumbled continuously, making more and more degenerative mistakes, creating problem after problem, creating irreversible deterioration down through history. At odds with God, out from under his covering, man has been beaten down by the resulting circumstances of sin and rebellion. Sickness, decay, wars, and death have become everyday occurrences, all because of greed and lust for power. So we can see the horrific conditions of the world today are the result of Adam and Eve passing over from paradise to Satan's world. Thank God for his plan. Thank him for the feast of Passover, which serves man the salvation message and the hope of restoration. Now let me introduce the one that has a huge part in that plan, as well as the feast of Passover. His name is Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 29 The next day, John saw Jesus coming. This is the only answer to our dilemma. Toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Good news. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 24 through 25. Who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body. Every sin we will ever commit died with him on the cross. If we repent on the tree, cursed is the man that hangs on a tree, Scripture informs us. He therefore took the curses brought on man for our sin and rebellion on himself, as well setting man free of them. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Believe me, we learn to love and appreciate Him even more as we try to walk in God's will. It is easy to change our ideology, but it is not so easy to change our traits as we were all shaped by Satan's knowledge. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He is speaking to those that seek His help and want to know him more intimately. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 Therefore, purge out the old leaven, repent, that you may be a new lump, become a new creature, a new species, since you truly are unleavened, by the blood of the Lamb, freed from sin's hold on us. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. 
He gave his life to reverse all the negative Passovers, to give man a second chance to choose life over death and bring restoration. A side note, when we ask the Lord into our hearts and choose Him to become the source of our being, we experience the feast of Passover and Passover from death to life. When baptized into His death and resurrected into His resurrection, we are no longer of the altered race, but new creatures. No longer descendants of Adam, but a baby in the family of God. Now you can see what I meant when I said, we don't just celebrate the Feast of Passover, we experience it. All the other Feasts of God are just as life-changing. They help us mature and grow, metamorphose into a completely different kind, through the knowledge revealed in them. Yet the world's churches teach very little about them, if they're even mentioned at all. So as we see, Jesus is the only solution that can address the world's problems and restore creation back to its original state. All people must understand the key to a better existence is not going to be found in the world's leaders, in acquiring wealth and power as an individual or even a nation. God said He will destroy the world and all that love and serve it will share in His wrath. He doesn't make statements He doesn't mean. 1 John 2, verses 15-17 through Therefore warns, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world belongs to the enemy, and the world is passing away. God says it will be destroyed. And the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Let's be one of these. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 And do not be conformed to this world. Don't seek its knowledge or personal information from it or its people. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take in God's knowledge. Clean out the world's thinking. Take advice from the kingdom educated. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God become evidence for God's kingdom. Without humanity partaking of the feast of Passover, separating from the world and entering into God's rest, man is doomed. There is no security in this world. It is a mess. And yet, how can any man fix the world? How can we mend what God says he will annihilate? We cannot. We have tried over and over again to better the world, and things just got worse. For instance, what was considered sinful ten years ago is the accepted norm now. Think about this. Man's dress, their speech, their manners, and morals have degenerated drastically, and they think they can change things for the better? 
When is humanity going to understand the hopelessness of our condition? Man in whatever position he occupies cannot nullify what God has announced he will do. That is a fact and a spiritual law. Let us look at a man that years ago tried to change God's declaration. Josiah, who was a good man, a righteous king, one that wanted to keep God's law and walk in his will and lead the people back into God's grace. But here is what happened. First, let us look at God's decree. 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 16 through 17. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book of which the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. Pretty plain. We see Josiah's good intentions in Second Kings chapter 23, verse 3. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant but it was too late. Josiah removed the idolatrous priests, tore down high places where they sacrificed to false gods. He broke in pieces the wooden sacred pillars and destroyed their idols. In general, he destroyed the whole religious system. He even restored God's feasts. But let us continue in reading Second Kings chapter 23, Verses 21 through 25. Then the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. Such a Passover surely had never been held since the days of the judges who judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, This Passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away those who consulted mediums and spiritists, the household gods and idols, all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah, the priest, found in the house of the Lord. Now before him... There was no king like him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses. Nor after him did any arise like him. But did this change anything? 2 Kings chapter 23 verses 26 through 27 tells us. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath, with which his anger was aroused against Judah because of all the provocations with which Manasseh 
had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will also remove Judah from my sight, as I have removed Israel, and will cast off this city, Jerusalem, which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. God had spoken. What happened to Josiah? He died, fighting for what he thought was a good cause. Second Kings chapter 23 Verse 29. In his days, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went to the aid of the king of Assyria, to the river Euphrates, and King Josiah went against him. And Pharaoh Necho killed him, Josiah, at Megiddo when he confronted him. Will men today see it? Will they understand this world belongs to Satan? God is no part of it, nor responsible for what happens in it. Will man finally see the light and pray for God's intervention and stop trying to fix it? Will they in prayer let God know they see him as the only answer, admit mankind is helpless and hope is lost without his plan? Or will humanity refuse to change and continue to seek answers from altered Adam? God tells us in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, what will happen to those who refuse to change. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. No more chance for repentance, rebirth, or even forgiveness here. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 explains why Josiah's efforts were not rewarded. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. God decreed, He would destroy the world, but it shall accomplish what I please. There is no stopping it, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is a spiritual law. Spiritual laws cannot be changed any more than the physical law of the universe. With that in mind, let's look at how God sees the world today and how he instructs man in this age. James chapter 4 verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, those that are not faithful to God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. God says he sees even his people as enemies, calls them adulterers and adulteresses that befriend the world. God wants his people to separate from the unclean world and the people that refuse him and walk in the world's ways. James chapter 1 verse 27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 warns, 
Therefore, come out from among them, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Don't let your mind, your heart, touch or taste of the world in any way. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells man, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, with the knowledge of God, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to be evidence of God's kingdom and His will. Apostle John said, 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So stay separate. Even of the world's religious systems, he says, in Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Again, to be a part of the world systems or in support of them, to look to them for answers to the world's problems or personal dilemmas, is to commit the same sin Adam and Eve partook of. They chose the wrong knowledge, asked for counsel from the author of that knowledge, making him their God and his world their home. They passed over from the peace and security of God's order and rest to the chaos of Satan's world. They passed over from righteousness to debauchery and wickedness, sickness, pain, and death. Satan has cleverly bound man's minds to his knowledge, making the basis of all their thinking, their reasoning, a reflection of his will. They are therefore blind to truth, and in many cases, blinded even to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Once again, We see our only hope is in Jesus. Without the Passover lamb, we are condemned and hopeless. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We can do nothing and we are nothing without him. But most of the world knows only what has been taught in the world's church concerning him, and we understand now the basis of their knowledge. We see the truth has been watered down by false doctrines that have their origin in this knowledge with the resulting pagan religions. For instance, the season's colored eggs, bunnies, and candy baskets add to the world's corruption And if a religious group includes them in the worship of God, they are completely out of order with the Lord. We are to worship God in spirit and in truth, not carnality and lies. It is, however, God's plan for us to pass over from time to eternity, 
from this world to the kingdom of God. So as a righteous culture is established, the earth will be renewed, all creation restored, and will pass over to its former state. This beautiful promise has been decreed by the Lord as well and will happen. Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 and 4 speaks of this restoration. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. In closing, we do not need to fix the world. God has his own plan. He did all things, and then he rested before the foundation of the earth, so all evil and wickedness is under control. We just need to separate from it so that we do not experience its promised outcome. Let's get on the King's Highway and not just celebrate God's feast, but experience it with all our heart and mind as we dine on the Passover lamb. Perhaps now we will better understand this closing scripture. John chapter 6 Verses 53 through 56. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Happy Passover!